Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. Yes, speaking of headaches, I have one. (laughs) (laughs) So if I were to say, hey, Kat, how's your day? (laughs) Well, my day's great, but I have a headache. And isn't that just interesting Um, since we're talking about headaches today? Who knew? I know. Do you have headaches very often? I used to, and Mm -hmm. I don't. You know what I contribute that to? What? Intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. But we'll get into that the more we get into talking <laughs> about headaches. Because, I mean, there's a number of kinds of headaches. There's tons. And it's literally a pain that's in your head. You know, <laughs> it's literally. So it can be a throbbing pain. It can be a constant pain. It can be a sharp pain. Mine's a dull pain. And it's been going on for like three days now. But And their sources are so ridiculously different because yeah. some can be muscular like a literal muscle pulling through the neck and shoulder. It could be sinus pressure. It could be dental or jaw pressure. It could be vision and eyesight. It could be stress. It could be, I mean, a number of things. It could also just be getting jostled, like you think about like in a car accident or even just in high vibration. You know, we think, oh, during the holidays over the weekend, I'm going to go ride this four-wheeler or, you know, just all the fun activities that we do, or even just riding on a boat on a bouncy, wavy day can cause stress and strain in your neck and shoulders and create a headache the day after. Mm -hmm. So also can alcohol consumption and dehydration. I mean, the list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. You know, I haven't been drinking that much water. I know normally I'm chugging it down. That's I have not been drinking that much lately. But it is funny when I think of headaches, and I always think of muscle tension headaches or migraines, and that's all. But there's like over 150 different types of headaches, and they generally fall into primary or secondary categories. But I have to say, I would bet, and I didn't find any statistics on this, but I would bet the majority of people have tension-type headaches, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably a high number of them. Mm -hmm. But again, when you really look at the huge list, it's, you know, especially the yogis that we see and stuff like, I mean, it could very well be exercise-induced and, you know, muscle-related and, and, you know, the like. So, When you started mentioning some of the lifestyle factors that can affect or can cause headaches, some of the primary headaches. I have a little list of that. So why don't you and I just throw out things. You mentioned alcohol. And what's interesting is they always point to red wine as, you know, the type of alcohol that can cause more headaches. And, you know, red wine doesn't give me headaches, but white wine does. And I'm the reverse. I'm the reverse. Yep. I'm the reverse. Now, any kind of foods that have nitrates in them, you know, processed meats, they can be, they can cause food trigger headaches, um, Mm -hmm. nicotine. Now, see, that maybe is another contributing because I don't eat meat. Uh, Yeah, there you go. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And I gave up caffeine. And although people would say, you know, when you give up caffeine, you get headaches. Well, maybe for a short time. But once your body rids itself of it, then you don't get headaches anymore. So, Mm -hmm. yep, true, true. Okay, Um, Nicotine. Neither one of us do nicotine. Changes in sleep or lack of sleep can contribute to headaches. And I know whenever I've 
traveling, I have jet lag. I always have headache. It's always just a real dull throb, throb but it's it's a headache. And I have to tell you, little side note, and I'm veering off. When I do liquid IV on the planes, I don't get headaches. There you yeah, go. Yeah, I was going to say, mm-hmm. it's, it's both travel, but it's usually the main proponent during travel is because of dehydration. Mm-hmm. Yep. Poor posture can contribute. Physical activity, uh, different kinds of exercises can cause exertion headaches. Hunger headaches from skipped meals. I don't usually get a hunger headache. And it doesn't really affect me that way. But a lot of people I know do. They get headaches if they miss a meal. Yeah. My my family, at least the one I was growing up in, like my brother and one of my sisters, they used to like, if they were not nourished, like they would quickly go from I'm hungry to I'm hangry to I have a <laughs> mi- migraine to now I'm throwing up. Wow. Like it was- they, yeah, it was bad. You know what? Lauren used to get, my sister get, used to get really hangry. And when she started doing intermittent fasting, she doesn't get hangry. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Also, how many times have you had a bad cough, been coughing a lot, and that has caused headaches? Yeah, you know? I think uh, there's probably a number of viruses out there that will also cause the headache, not even mm-hmm. just because of the coughing, but just because mm-hmm. of the nature of the virus. Yeah. Any kind of straining, even bowel movement straining can cause headaches, stuff like that. So so there's a lot of reasons you can have headaches. Now, there's a lot of reasons that you need to go see your doctor if you have a headache. Since, you know, like right now I'm dealing with this probably sinus headache. So if it doesn't go away in another day or so, I'm gonna have to go see the doctor because that'll mean probably antibiotics. But I want to want to skip over that part. I just want it to go away. Um, (laughs) but headache pain usually results from signals interacting with our brain and our blood vessels and all those surrounding nerves. And during a headache, multiple mechanisms activate specific nerves that affect the muscles and the blood vessels. And these nerves send pain signals to your brain and it causes a headache. Just wrapped up in a little bitty little box with a little bow for you. (laughs) (laughs) Just the, just the kind of package you want. I know. (laughs) It's wild, actually, when you think about it, because, you know, you and I have been talking health and wellness for a long time. And, you know, I think about going into starting our podcast a few years ago, how much of my life has shifted and maybe part because of the things we talk about. Maybe it's part because of as we do this research and studying, we learn more and more. And, you know, it's it's such a fantastic piece of that growth right and with it is knowledge of essential oils knowledge of crystals knowledge of diet and wellness and i don't mean diet like hey let's go on a new diet i mean like lifestyle changes and with that is intermittent fasting with that is letting go of caffeine and you know all the shifts and then as i you know move into ayurvedic training and and the likes then we're adding seed cycling which is one of the things we're going to talk about when we talk about um, hormone balancing here as we go along but one of the things Things that I really think we need to shift our focus in this headache conversation is to specific hormones in the body, like stress-related hormones, or like literally female hormones, or even too high of testosterone levels. Like hormones in general play a huge, huge part on the chemical imbalances in the body and those connections of synapses or lack of connections of synapses that is what creates those headaches because our pain receptors you know become activated or our inflammatory response goes up and that is all balanced 
by hormones, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So it's kind of just crazy. So let's, if you're willing, let's run directly into the path of uh, both intermittent fasting and seed cycling. And I know you and I have talked many times about intermittent fasting Mm -hmm. and how it has changed our lives. But one of the newer things that I've learned about is seed cycling. And if you're not familiar with seed cycling, seed cycling is a homeopathic proven by Ayurvedic science, actual process that you can use natural food, like the food you eat, Mm -hmm. to help balance your hormones. And it can be used regardless of whether you're 20 or 80, or whether you have had a hysterectomy or not a hysterectomy. It literally works on the body to help rebalance hormones regardless of where you sit in a cycle. You know, I had never heard of seed cycle until you and I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And it's fascinating. Such a simple thing to do. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they teach it to us sooner? Yeah. Why didn't they teach it to us sooner? So seed cycling is basically like all the things I talk about energy medicine. It's about entrainment. Like we're literally trying to entrain the body to follow the uh, chemical breakdown of the seeds we would be using. So just like teas and tinctures, but we're just using food in this case. Mindful though that the seeds need to be ground because if you don't grind the seeds, sometimes your body will just take them in and depending on how much fiber you've had, you'll literally just poop them back out again and won't get any nutritional benefit from them. Mm -hmm. So seed cycling, they do ask that you grind the seeds so that your body actually gets the nutritional benefit from them. So a little coffee grinder is all you need. You drop a teaspoon of sunflower seeds and a teaspoon of sesame seeds and and pour it in your smoothie or sprinkle it on your cereal. It doesn't matter. So, but for the theory is for two weeks following the full moon, you would use sesame and sunflower seeds. And for the two weeks following the new moon, you would use flax seeds and pumpkin seeds. And they say within 90 to 120 days, your body has recycled and rebalanced your hormones. You're going to feel like almost a new person. Well, and you're getting protein and fiber and all kinds of vitamins and minerals as well. So it's just a win, win, win. It's a win, win, win. Yep. And if it's going to help you feel better and keep your hormones in check, less headaches. Yeah, for sure. So can you tell people one more time the the combinations that you use? So from two weeks post the full, full moon is sesame seeds and sunflower seeds. And two weeks post the new moon is flax seeds and pumpkin seeds. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a 28-day cycle. And eventually your body will recirculate so that your hormones are fluxing with the moon cycle as well as using the food, the seeds to help you get there. So your body is in nature with the moon cycles, which means your body is also in nature with the sea, especially if you live near the ocean because mm-hmm. the ocean is in cycle with the moon. Why wouldn't you also want to be? And when I was after you mentioned this, and again, I had not heard of it until Tanya mentioned it, but I started looking up some stuff about seed cycling. It 
was very fascinating to me because I always think of balancing your hormones and I always think of that as pre uh, perimenopause or menopause or postmenopausal women. But it's not necessarily just that, guys. It could be because you have PCOS or thyroid disorder or chronic fatigue or acne or irregular periods. So it doesn't have to be because when we talk about hormones, a lot of times, especially as women, with women generally go immediately to the menopausal things. But, you know, women's hormones are a complex system that can fluctuate and the balance is pretty, pretty delicate, pretty fragile. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool though. But so it's also like basically in support of intermittent fasting, it doesn't say what time of day you have to have these two teaspoons of seeds. So you could have them at your lunch meal when you break your fast from intermittent fasting. So just as a replug for intermittent fasting, the, the reason why intermittent fasting is so great for hormone balancing and so great for headache care is because two things. One, it really helps to control blood sugar in the body in that it's helping those peaks and valleys in your sugars rising and sinking in your blood, but also it helps in rebalancing your cortisol. Intermittent fasting is known to help decrease cortisol in the body like pretty quickly. You'll notice it mm -hmm. within, they say, 14 days. Mm -hmm. You know, if you try intermittent fasting or seed cycling both one thing you do need to think about is it's not a magic cure-all so you can't do seed cycling and continue to go get a frappuccino at starbucks then have sonic burgers and fries for lunch and then follow it up with, <laughs> with something else horrible for dinner every single day and think that all of a sudden you're doing the seed cycling and it's going to be a magic fix. Yeah, so these are not to... miracle cures. <laughs> <laughs> so you still have to eat healthy along the way because you want to encourage the seed cycling. And from what I understand, and like I said, I just heard about this from you, Tanya, but you want to, you want to help the seed cycling help you by fueling your body with healthy stuff too. So let's go down the path of specific types of headaches. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about stress headaches versus sinus headaches. And you know, I don't know if you know this, but before we get started, I've had a history of migraine cluster and vascular headaches. So Crazy. I can talk about all kinds of headache stuff. Just yeah. part of my general makeup. I can blame my mom and dad on that. Yeah, that's crazy. So stress headaches for me in the energy world takes me to investigate in a person two major meridians. One would be the kidney meridian. The other would be the spleen meridian. Both of them are highly related to stress in the body. Mm -hmm. And for both of them, water flushing is a big one. For both of we're talking second and third chakras. So we're talking, you know, basically yellow and orange foods. We're talking about any watery substances. So making sure water, seafood, kelp, and seaweed, you know, things that come from the ocean is going to help with rebalancing. And it's going to also help with decreasing stress and helping to help the kidney and spleen meridian. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Very cool. You know, I was just sitting there going, headaches and meridians. So I'm over here Googling. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> we're talking. I have to say one of my favorite things about the podcast is all the research we get to do. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway. I mean, we could go down the path of neurovascular points in the head. I mean, we could go back into tapping. I'm like, there's a gajillion things we could tie back into headaches. So mm. basically, friends, mm. go back and listen to podcast one through 130 for <laughs> all of the things you can do to help your headaches. Exactly. But we are <laughs> going to talk about yoga today and breath work and essential oils and crystals. So we still have a lot of stuff to talk about. There's still time, friends. <laughs> totally. So maybe we should just move right along that path. All right. Well, you know, we usually have some way that yoga can help anything that we are talking about. And yoga can help with headaches. Um, now, if you have persistent headaches, as we said earlier, you definitely want to talk to your doctor. But tension headaches are really common. And yoga can help release tension in the muscles around the neck and the head and the tight spots that might trigger tension headaches and it helps with circulation and blood, blood flow and that just by itself can help relieve some of the pains that you may get from headaches. Tanya and I talk about stress and emotional issues a lot and we also talk about the benefits of using yoga to combat that and when we use yoga to help with headaches it helps to lower the stress in our lives and relieve the tension and conscious breathing can also help relieve the stress anxiety and depression that can also contribute to headaches. So I've got a lot, several poses that may help with that. One that, well, I've got a bunch. Every single one of these, I'm going to say, and this is my favorite, and this is my favorite. <laughs> it's all my favorite. So we'll just get that out of the way. <laughs> but child's pose is wonderful for relieving tension. And I have to say that I love putting my forehead on the floor when I have a headache, getting into a nice wide-legged child's pose and just letting my head sink into the mat. It really feels great. You can also gently massage the third eye when you're in child's pose by just rocking your head side to side. And it feels fabulous. That's something you can try. Tabletop pose and moving through a series of cat and cow can also help with headaches because it relieves that tension in the neck and the shoulders as well as the mid back and the low back. So if you're not sure where the headache is stemming from, you can't really go wrong with trying a series of cat and cow, especially if you incorporate the breathing, the big breath in with cow and the exhale with cat. That will definitely help too. Gentle neck rolls. I'm always, I don't like to encourage neck rolls unless people understand what we're talking about because we don't want people to start whipping it, whipping that head around and yeah. whip it good. But because we don't want to ever put undue stress on the neck. But if you can allow gravity to help you stress the muscles in the neck, it's a nice way to relieve the tension. So you can like tilt your head over to, oh, that feels good today to my head. Tilt your head over to, you know, right ear to the right shoulder and feel that stretch along that side of your neck. It'll even go, if you're real tight like I am today, it'll even go into the back of your neck somewhat. Then you can switch it over to the other side. Then you can, with really good posture, gently drop your chin to your chest. And it's kind of a nice way to, without even touching yourself, gently move that mus the muscles around in your neck, especially if you sit at the computer a lot. Bridge pose is another nice way of releasing, relieving stress in your neck. And you can even make it a flowing bridge if you would like to, where you're stretching and lengthening the body with the arms overhead, then pressing your hands in beside the hips as you lift up. That not only does it help encourage the relaxation of the muscles in the neck, but if you're using it as a flowing bridge, you're reminding yourself to breathe properly. And that breathing, it's important. Another one I do use for headaches is reclined fish pose with a block between my shoulder blades because that stretches the muscles that are attached to the shoulders. 
and that upper back area. And so I've got one of the unblocks that's rounded. So I like to put those right there at the base of my skull and down the middle of my shoulders. And that's very nice. Wide-legged forward fold is another one of my go-tos. And legs up the wall is probably the number one go-to when it comes to headaches. And I am convinced if you feel a headache coming on, if you can run and throw your legs up the wall, a lot of times you can keep that headache from getting turning into a full-blown headache. It just helps to restore your body and it, it it just feels fabulous. And when you're there, you can do a breathing meditation. So cool, right? Mm-hmm. What other poses do you have? I added legs up the wall because mm-hmm. legs up the wall is so therapeutic for the heart. And if your headache is stress or tension, it's just going to be super good for you to take out any of the inflammation out of the lower half of the body and bring that blood supply back into the trunk of the body and allow it to just recenter, reheal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shavasana in general, because a lot of times we go to bed and although we think we're sleeping well, we get all curled up into a ball, which creates tension in the body. So Shavasana actually gives us a place to find full, complete relaxation and maybe some pranayama work while we're in an anatomically neutral position, mm-hmm. which is in theory, no stress, no muscle active, no nothing. Like you should be able to disappear, which means you could have a really lovely person providing you nidra while you were trying to release <laughs> your headache and your tension. What do you think about inversions for headaches? So it depends on the student. I would certainly not say, you know, anybody who's not versed in it. But Mm -hmm. the other piece about forward fold is depending on the type of headache, if it's a tension headache or a sinus headache, forward folding feels pretty awful on your face and your head. And in order to get into most inversions most inversions, you need to go facing forward and move into the posture. So it might not feel amazing depending on the headache and the person. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned mindful breathing and how that can help with headaches. And I know that a lot of times our bad breathing habits can actually cause headaches, but pranayama works on balancing the left and the right lobes of the brain. And that in itself can reduce the pain in the areas of the eyes and face. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I know you love talking about brain stuff. I love talking brain stuff. I love talking pranayama stuff too. Uh-huh. And some of the interesting things that I've just been learning in my Ayurvedic classes, all about how how much vata plays a part in headaches and pain and discomfort and how interesting it is because most of us would not, like you and I as pittas, would blame a headache on our pitta being out of control when what we don't actually realize is it's our vata that's out of control, which pisses our pitta off. <laughs> and that's why we get the headache. So it's so interesting. Yeah to to think about how it all functions but yeah I think in general anytime we can bring our breath under control and even if it's just as simple as a Durga breath or a three-part breath is it's first of all bringing you to a quiet place where you're actually being mindful enough to pay attention to your breath which nine times out of ten that maybe is all you need mm-hmm But if you're in a place where you're like, yep, I've done that and now I want to do something quite specific, moving into Nadi Shadana to help sort of even out the flow, specifically like if it's sinusy headaches and you're noticing that you've got blockage on one side of the sinuses or another, or like you've been mentioning, well, first it was in this temple, now it's in this temple, or you know what I mean? Like it's Mm -hmm. moving. The Nadi Shadana is great for that because it's balancing both sides. It's trying to to bring them back into balance. And then of course our square breath. Mm -hmm. assuming that the retention doesn't 
hurt while you're doing it. But if you have a headache and doing the retention hurts your head, then square breath wouldn't be good for you. But if you can manage through that, you'd find that that square breath is actually helping to, you know, clean out the headspace, which Mm -hmm. is really lovely. So I guess those are kind of my three big go-tos. You wouldn't certainly be using any of your hot breaths. You wouldn't be doing any Kapalabhati and you wouldn't be doing any breath of fire. So, you know, one that I like for headaches and it probably doesn't make sense, but it, it makes sense for me is bumblebee breath because it helps me block out the world around me. And it, I like that soothing humming sound in my head. And I usually do about 10 rounds of that when I have a headache. And then after I get through doing that, I just massage my temples and my third eye. And for some reason that it's very soothing and nurturing to me. Yeah, I could totally see that if your headache was a stress headache, because it's going to take you out of stress response and bring you to a joy response. Mm -hmm. So I could see where that would work. I could see where it maybe wouldn't be amazing if it was like a sinus headache or the likes, but just because of enough sinus pressure. So let's move into essential oils. Okay. I know you have a list and of course I have a list. (laughs) So breath work definitely helps with headaches as does yoga, as does intermittent fasting and all these wonderful things. But we do have a few more ideas, more things that we will include in another episode. Right, Tanya? Yeah, because you know how we are. We always have too much shit to talk about, (laughs) and we can never get it done in one episode. So here we are. We're going to have to go into episode two, where we're going to share with you essential oils. We're going to share with you crystals. We're going to share with you books. I've got a ton, a list of books. I've got articles that you can use. So we've got resources up the wazoo in part two. Whoa. Yay. That rhymed. (laughs) Perfect. I'm Kat Kahn. And I am Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas on a Pod signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at Two Pittas on a Pod.